Blog Talk Radio. Women are bossing up too. 
sisters are doing it. You remember that commercial way, way, way back in the day when they said, when the woman said, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never, never, never let you what? That's it. Forget you a man. That's right. You're telling your age if you know that commercial. <laughs> so do I. But what am, what am I saying? I'm saying women have stepped into some leading roles. So they're not far behind. They're not far behind at all. Women have power and they're in authority just like men are. So women can abuse power just as well as men can abuse power. So then there are some women that want to go straight to the top. There's a lot of cookie lions out there <laughs> want to own the company and run the empire. But nevertheless, what's your love money? The love of money and lust for position has brought down many of people. You know, uh, I remember being on jobs and you would have employees who would get your fellow employees who would get promoted. And pe- and then it's like when they get promoted, people say, oh, they, they, they changed. They changed. They're not the same. Can I tell you, they really didn't change at all. They were always like they were. It's just that the power, the position, the money brought out who they really were. It's something about power and money that will magnify who you are. I got to say it like this because I don't know other way to say it, but to be R-E-A-I-L, if you are a low-down, dirty snake uh, and you get money, do you think you're going to become generous overnight? I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying you, we know some people that know some people. That money is going to magnify that low-downness. Now, if you're a generous-hearted person, can I tell you that money is going to magnify that generous heart? Now, mind you, you're going to have to put some stuff in place so that you don't go broke giving away everything you got. But at the same time, that money, that power will magnify who you are that much the more. So, but there are people who want to go to the top by any means necessary. I know by any means necessary, they, they want to go to the top by any means necessary. They'll step over who they got to step over. They'll knock down who they got to knock down, uh, character assassinate, whoever they got to character assassinate, push their mama down, throw the dog under the water, kick the cat, and throw away the cheese. Come on, so the mouse can't get it. Whatever they got to do, they're going to do it to get to the top. You don't want to be that person, and you don't want to be around people like that. Because guess what? They will do anything, and they'll get people hurt. So, And then you have to call people out like that, and you have to avoid them so that you don't end up becoming a victim of their crime. But you know what? People who come up like that, they don't stay up long. They don't. They come down. They fall down. That's what the Bible said. Envy not the oppressor. The, we used to, growing up in the hood, we used to love We used to love our drug dealers. And when I said drug dealers, I, and when I said love, I don't mean like we were uh, emotionally affectionate. We envied them. We admired them because they pulled, pulled up in their Suzuki Jeeps and their Jimmys with the music blasting. And, and they had the chains. And we were like, yeah, yeah, I want that. I want to get that. And so they were somewhat of our role models. Can I tell you, they were not good role models. But then there were the teachers, the male teachers in the school, our female teachers. There were our coaches, those men and women who stood for something, who had standards, who helped us to want to be somebody, uh, to help us to want to grow up and get something in our head other than just a quick dollar. Because a, qu- a quick a quick dollar can bring us a slow downfall. And so you you want to really apply yourself and let your gifts make room for you. Not just step on people's hearts and minds and dreams trying to get yourself in a place, in a position. Now, I, I've heard some people say this is they stay in your lane. You've heard that too. People say stay in your lane. What? Stay in my lane? Well, that's good. That's kind of true. But at the same time, it needs to be modified a little bit because, yes, stay in your lane, do what you do, be who you are. But don't you know cars have what's called a blinker on it, a left blinker and a right blinker. When you get ready to change lanes, most of us, us good drivers like me, you know, my I'm an excellent driver. So, you know, I put my blinker on and I slide my right blinker and slide on over to the right lane. Want to go to the left, I hit that left blinker, slide over to the left lane. So what am I saying? 
You can stay in your lane, but when it's time to make that move, put your blinker on and make that move. Don't just stay in a place because you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want people looking at you funny. You don't want folks saying this and that about you, but you got to put that blinker on and change lanes when it's time to better yourself. Prove what you're doing. Put that blinker on and change lanes. Now, a question I want to get to that some of the production team gave me was, what do people in power or people in general mostly want? Well, let's look at that. What do people want? Now, let's, let's look at that, that word want. There's wants and then there's needs. Some things you need, other things you just want. Now, I want you to do this. Ask yourself, what do you need and what do you want? Sometimes people say, look at your six needs and look at your six wants. If you write down your six needs versus your six wants. Now, when I say versus, I'm saying I'm not saying don't count out your wants because people tell you, well, you don't need that. You just want that. Well, if I want it, I should have it, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, depending on what it is. But so many people specialize in denying themselves, especially women. They specialize in denying themselves. And when I say especially women, I mean like mothers, because a lot of mothers, if you're a mother, I ain't no mother, but you know, if you're a mother, you know, you're always putting them children first. You're always going, you're always sacrificing. You're always giving your last for them kids. So uh, women, in a sense, have kind of conditioned themselves to be last. Well, how about every now and then, other than just Mother's Day, you got to step out of that last place and do something special for yourself that's going to improve you. What's that? Investing in you. Investing in yourself. Uh, I, I know you get your hair done. I know you get your nails done. You get them, them toes, them, them toes, them feet fixed. You know, like on Martin. You got to work Myra's feet out. Get them feet worked out. Well, that's just a part of pampering. Do Sometimes you got to do some things that make you feel better about yourself to give you a better outlook. Because we're talking about not what people want and what people need. You know there, you know your needs and you know your wants. And I can't tell you what your wants are, what your needs are. You have to list them, write them down, and look at them. And then you have to say, am I getting what I need? Then you have to ask the other question, am I getting what I want? And if you're not getting what you need, if you as you go down that list of your six needs, as you go down that list of your six wants, identify each one of them and saying, okay, am I getting this, number one, what I need? Am I getting number two, number three? Then look at your wants. Am I getting this is what I want? Am I getting that? And if you're not, then you have to look yourself right between the eyes. Well, don't look between the eyes. That'll make your eyes look go funny. But you have to look at yourself and say, why am I not getting what I need? And why am I not getting what I want? Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself that question. And then you have to come to some logical conclusions because you only have one life to live. And at the end of your at the end of your days, or if you if you have if if you're able to grow old and be, have beautiful gray hair like a little bit, well, have beautiful gray hair like my grand's. You don't want to say, well, I didn't get anything that I wanted in life, and I didn't get anything that I needed. You, you don't want a life of regret. You want a, you don't want a life of didn't do, shoulda, coulda, woulda. That's not where you want to hang your hat. So what do people in power and people in general mostly want? Guess what? I'm going to answer that question when we come back for our first break. Thank you for being here with us and Strength from the Lion's Den. We'll be right back. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. 
Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. Solomon, the lion among lions. That's right. You tuned in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspired Network Radio. Win Radio. I see I got some people from the 813-804-757 and the 428. <laughs> you know I could have bust a rhyme right then and keep on going. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Tuned in. You could be doing anything right now, but thank you for listening in to Strength from the Lions Den. Uh, I, got, I got bars for days. Um, we're talking about Meaning and authority, power, money, and sex. I'm trying to get around to it, but there's just so much coming up and coming out. So what do people ultimately want? What do they want? What do they want out of life? What do they need? What are they trying to get? Can I read a scripture to you before I go there? Because it just was so uh, empowering when I read this in Ecclesiastes uh, 3 and 9. Now, that's not one of them pop scriptures that people read all the time. You have to go digging to get this stuff. Ecclesiastes 9 said, what profit ha- has, has he that works in that wherein he labors? What's your profit for where you working in that what you labor in? I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He had made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is a gift of God. I love that scripture. When God said, I can eat and drink and enjoy my life, when I'm at that point, I said, okay, God is gifting me right now. But what stood out when he said he had made everything beautiful in his time, also he had uh, set the world in their heart. What that world right there means, he set eternity in our hearts. So there's something about longevity. Uh, one of the things that men want is immortality. We want to be immortalized. We want to live forever. We know we are not able to live forever physically, so what do we do? We erect statues and build buildings, and we write books, uh, power keys. <laughs> we write books, and we, uh, we do things that will live, outlive us, that will be a part of a legacy so that long after we're gone, people will still say our name or talk about what we did. Why? Because we want to live we want to live. We want longevity. We want our life to continue on. So, and we were created to live long, but but we were created to live long, but sin creeped in and men perished. Men died. So what we have to do now is, okay, I want to live. I want to live a long life. I don't, I used to always tell God, I don't want to live long. I just want to live good. And if I ain't living good, I don't want to live a long, miserable life. That's that's not me. Maybe other people want to, you know, I hear people say, well, I thank God I got up this morning. Yes, I do. I thank God. But there are some people, they wake up, they wake up cursing and they go to bed cursing. What kind of life is that? Come on now. And, you know, but I thank God I'm alive. Oh, no, that that's you. You don't want to live your life in misery. You have gifts on the inside of you. There are things that in this life that can bring the best out of you. And that's the things that can bring the worst out of you. So you want to put yourself in environments and around people who can bring the best out of you. Because there are some best, there's the best things that are in you. And uh, we talk about what pe- people want longevity. Can I tell you what people need? People need love. And people want love. People want to be loved and cared about. When love is done right, I ain't talking about that Hollywood mushy mushy type love. Now, I ain't, I ain't okay. I ain't gonna knock that love either. Hold on now. Okay, wait a minute. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I'm talking about that real love. That love that will get someone off of drugs. That love that will uh, pull people off of the streets. That love that will help young men and women strive to be the best in who they are. That love that uh, causes people to uh, 
cause, that causes people to take their lives to the next level. That love that stops a person from committing suicide and throwing in the towel. That love that helps someone who's hungry to get meals. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about that real love. I ain't talking about that fake, mushy, mushy, uh, wheat love that says, I love you if you love me. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. That That's that business. That's that business love, you know. That's that business love. We're doing business. That kind of love. I love you, man. I love you, too. As long as we're doing business, we're on the up and up. But I'm talking about that real love that gets people off of drugs, that real love that uh, helps young people to go through school, that real love. That's what people need. And if you say, you say, well, I know some people that don't want to be loved, don't need to be loved. Can I tell you about those people? At one time, those people didn't get the love that they wanted. They didn't get the love that they needed. They were mishandled. They were marginalized. They were misrepresented and causing the love that they wanted or needed. They became bitter. They became warped. They got messed up along the way. So they begin to reject love because what's that? What's that song? It takes a fool to learn that love don't love. Oh, well, hold on, man! I got caught up. Wait, the song. You know, you know what I'm talking about. This R and B classic. It takes a fool to learn that love don't love nobody. You, you can straighten me out if I'm wrong. Some of you uh, uh, older, older cats that understand what I'm trying to say. But love, but real, real love will get you in shape. Real love calls you to hold your head up. Real love will give you some self-worth. Real love gives you some self-affirmation. Now, what did Whitney Houston say? Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Because if you don't love yourself, now I had a uh, I had a panel and I had some people on, and one of the ladies was saying we love ourselves too much. I was like, okay, she was going in. She said we love ourselves too much. What she was saying is that uh, there was a, a selfish kind of narcissistic love, and that kind of love will push you down so that I can get what I need. No, I'm talking about that self love that believes in yourself, where where whereas. You know, some people, they, they have no self-worth. They've been abused, misused. They've been left for dead, left out in the cold, overlooked, stepped over. And so I'm talking about those type of people where their self-esteem is so low, so bad, because they made a few mistakes. They messed up along the way, had a few incidents, a few accidents, and people made them to feel like they were less than and begin to judge them by the experience mm-hmm. how, how you know other people quickly say well God knows my heart well that's not just a cliche and that, that's just not a cop out God really does know your heart uh, he knows the heart and the intents of the heart there's some people who did bad but their intentions were good and there's some people who've done good and their intentions were bad the sad thing is we can't see intentions so we have to leave that up to God, but we can uh, look into a per. We can look at a person, judge them after being around them, knowing their track record, knowing their history and their body of work, and we say, you know what? I- I've been with this dude, I've been with this lady for a while, and they may have messed up here, but I know who they really are because I walked with them. I heard I, I read somewhere where it says, when we mess up, we want people to give us the benefit of the doubt. You know, you know what I meant. Well, come on. But when other people mess up, we're like, hey, we don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt. No, nah, they ain't mean no good from they ain't mean no good from the start. You know, we're quick to throw people under the bus, in the hole, and throw dirt on them. Let, let, let's let's not do that. Let's let's operate in that love, that real love. And that's what people need. That's one thing people need. They need that love. Now, when you get that love and you got that love flowing and that love fest, uh that caravan of love is going. What do you need then? Now Maslow talks about those hierarchy of needs. You know, I asked you earlier in the show to list your needs, your wants. You know, we know we need shelter, we need food, we need oxygen. Th- those are some of our basic physiological needs that that we have to have in order to live. But then there's that that need that gives you the quality of life that you want. That's the need that I want to pinpoint. 
And in order to arrive at that need, I'm not talking about love. I, I've already identified love. And when I identify love, guess what? I identify God because God is love. So don't about to say, he ain't said God. He said, he said money before he said God. No, God is love, right? So, so we understand that. When I'm saying love, I'm saying God. Now, we need we need money. We need finances. We need funds. It always trips me out when I'm in church and I hear a preacher preaching and oh, money ain't this and money ain't that and money ain't that. But then you take a three-hour offer. <laughs> wait, wait a minute now. Hold on. The, the message is contradicting the uh, the motions here. You know, you talked about what money was and how greedy everybody is, and then the offering was about three hours, uh, something, something in fish you there. It, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say, indicating, is that we need finances. You have to fund your vision. We, you have to fund your home. You have to fund your lifestyle. It takes finances. So you got to get that money. You do. Uh, now, I'm not saying by any means necessary. Now, we eliminated that earlier. I used to, uh, when I was hooking and crooking, you know, I used to say, I do what I have to do. I do what I got to do. That's, that was the word. I do what I got to do. But as I got older, as I got deeper in God, I began to realize that I can do what I need to do. Then I don't have to do, and then, I, then I don't need to do, I, I, then I won't be uh push to do what I have to do. What am I saying? The Bible said obedience is better than sacrifice. And I would always teach my young students is that if you're obedient, then you won't have to sacrifice. But if you are not obedient, then you're going to have to sacrifice. For instance, to put that in a, a, a practical matter, if I'm obedient and I study every day for the test that's coming on Friday, then I'll be ready for the test. But if I'm not obedient, I'm I'm gonna have to sacrifice. Thir- if I if I partied Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then the test is Friday, Thursday night. I'm gonna have to sacrifice some sleep and stay up late and cramming and stress myself out for that test. Why? Because I wasn't obedient in doing what I should have been doing. So I had to sacrifice and do the last minute cram. So that's what I'm saying. Do what you need to do. Then your back won't be up against the wall, so you do what you have to do, right? So that that's what I was talking about earlier, about doing things the right way and doing things to get God's results so that God can bless you. Uh, if you start off something with a lie, you already know you're, you're, you're behind the eight ball. If you start off something uh, stealing, then you know you're behind the eight ball. If you start off something crooked, what they say if you uh if you lay down with fleas, you get up with dogs. No, no. If you lay down with hogs, you're in the mud. What 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 is it? You know what you know what I'm talking about. If you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas, and that's so true. So what do you do? You 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 got to lay down at some point, right? You have to be discreet. And, and I'm not talking about laying in beds and stuff like that. I ain't I ain't there yet. I'm talking about you watching your habit, you you're governing, 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 govern. Good gracious, come on! You're governing over your life, governing on who's around you, the company you keep, the people that support you. You know what I'm saying? All right, I think you know what I'm saying. Hey, hold on a minute. We're gonna go to break. When we come back, I may have to talk to a few guests. I'm gonna see who's in the uh, who's in the uh, in the studio today. So hold on. We're gonna go to break, and we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. All 
All right, and we are back. Solomon, the lion among lions in the lion. I'm trying to talk about power, money, and sex, men and authority, and I'm doing it, but guess what? I, I got a special guest in the studio today, my big brother like no other. I'm going to bring him in in a minute. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, we're we're in, we're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. They, I got some. I'm working with some good people. They just want us to win. Shout out to CEO BJ Lloyd Bell and uh, COO Annie Bell. Thank you for keeping the lights on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, listen, we're talking about men in authority or people in authority, power, money, sex. One thing that they wanted me to look at is people do care what other people think about them. Sometimes you say, well, they don't care about this and they don't care about that. And I don't care what, well, that might be somewhat of a lie. They either, they you, see it's two types. Either you care about the people, you care about the people, what people think who are close, close to you, you know, and people who are fur- further away from your life, you may not care about what they think. But then there are some people who care about, not what the people close to them, they can care less what they think. They know they got them on their teams, what they think is you know, really irrelevant. But they care about how people outside of them see them. Then you got the people who care about what everybody think about them. So they have they so they find themselves trying to please everybody and failing miserably. Listen, let me bring my brother in. Uh, hold on a minute. I call him Mr. CEO. Why? Because he's a boss and he's always doing business. And I thank God for him for always uh, bringing me some good advice and talking to me. This is my big brother, uh, Mr. Philip Reed, the prophet like none other, Mr. CEO. Hey, man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, sir. I'm honored as usual. My goodness, man, you're tearing up the airwaves. My goodness. Excellent show, sir. Man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it, man. Just talking to the people, uh, trying to encourage them and keeping them afloat, man. Uh, this is a topic that was uh, near and dear. We got some uh, letters and we got some emails that some people wanted to talk about money, others wanted to talk about power, and other people wanted to talk about sex. I said, well, let's put them together and see can we, you know, because you know those are hotbed topics, power, money, and sex. Those are hotbed mm-hmm. topics that. You know, some people want to hear about, want to talk, want to hear your views on on it. Um, and then it's mostly the people who are powerful. But, you know, uh, Phil, what I was saying is the little man can be powerful if he can rein in his gifts and talents. You want to you, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Oh, you're right there, sir. You're right there. And it goes back to once again, I was on, a, on your show, back to that purpose. That's where everybody wealth is. God has created everyone with a purpose of something that drives them. And, then, and people say, well, how do I discover? There's a real quick way to discover your purpose. Whatever you're willing to do and not get paid for it, that's probably your purpose. Because you don't see it as work. It's something you right. love to do. You're encouraging people. You're inspiring people. So stop doing it per se for free. Quick, quick, quick note here. I, I, I told you I've been moving all my life, helping friends out. I messed around, got a moving truck to try to do it professionally, and no one calls me now. So, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> but even in the midst of uh, people finding out who they are, it's, it's, that's where their wealth is. Mm, mm. That's that's powerful. That's powerful right there. That you know what? That's what we're doing next week. I got some sisters coming on the show. We're going to talk about uh, knowing who you are. I hope they know who they are because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be having them on the spot. But that that's that's powerful right there when you know who you are and you can tap into your niche. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I like how you said when when I was moving everybody, everybody was calling me. Then when I got the truck, then nobody called me, you know. <laughs> but that, that's – unfortunately, sometimes people – my dad used to always talk to me about uh, – he said at the fair there was two horses. There was one for a quarter and there was another one that was free. He said at the end of the, at the, end of the fair, the free horse was dead. <laughs> <laughs> So the people had rolled him to death. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and people will do that. But, you know, it's funny with the topic that you're serving, uh, speaking on serving, once again, it's powerful. But if people really understand the connection of all three, <laughs> they're trying to separate it. Some people focus on money. 
Some people focus in power. Some people focus in sex. Mm-hmm. But they're all intertwined because the way we were created. We were created as a uh, as one being. <laughs> and, and so it's not separate. We can't even separate ourselves from how we were created. Mm-hmm. And those who are at the top of the food chain, they're the ones mm-hmm. who mastered it all. <laughs> Brother, that's powerful, man. You know what? Listen, uh, this is the strength from the lion's den. I'm Apostle uh, John L. Solomon, but that was Prophet Philip Reed. That that was the Prophet Philip Reed show right there. He just gave you a mouthful, an earful, a mindful, man. All right, brother, I'm going to get back to this topic at hand. I thank you for uh, chiming in. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, sir. God bless. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful man. Let let me let me just let me just uh be a little uh move away from my clandestine, be a little transparent for a minute. It was that brother, for those of you that don't know, who opened up the door to my apostleship. Yeah, it really was. He, I had a little, I had my my children jumping in ships and they prophets and bishops and all of them. He said, "Man, you were that a long time ago. What are you waiting for?" You know, and that they slapped me through water on my face and said, come on, Rocky, get back in the ring and swing. You are who you are. And that that was uh, that was that was years ago. Oh, my God, it was years ago. But it put me on the track to becoming who I'm supposed to be. And you know what? We're talking about uh, power, money and sex. Your personal power. Sometimes you need somebody to come and say, hey, I see what's in you. Will you look a little closer and see what I see? Who was that? V? I think it was uh, it was somebody, a commercial. If you could see tomorrow the way it looks to us today, you would say incredible. Uh, I think that was Ford. And sometimes we have to show people who they are through our eyes in order for them to see themselves. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, he knew who he was, man. He 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 talked and spoke. People thought it was like, okay, well, he's just bragging. He's so bragging. He bra- but man, those affirmations that he spoke to himself were so powerful that they created the champion that he is, to, that he was, and that we know him to be. And that's how we have to be. We have to, uh, as uh, Mr. CEO, Prophet Reed was saying, you have to know who you are. And he said something powerful about power, money, and sex. Don't separate the three. We want to divide them up and put this one in that category and that. When they are one unit, when we are one body, uh, we were talking about money. Money is, the Bible said money answereth everything. So don't don't let don't let people turn you off about money because I, I I remember when I was looking at my library of books and I saw I had so many church books and nothing, nothing wrong with church books because you know I love some church I love church I love spirituality I had church books I had spirituality books I had physical fitness books I had about two books on money and I said wow I've been educating myself on everything else but I haven't educated myself in finances. And a lot of us are like that. We didn't edu- we didn't get the education in finances because we weren't born with golden spoons in our mouths. Our people had to get it from the rough. So what did they teach us? They taught us to get it from the rough, roll up your sleeves and dive in. And so but along the way we had to learn to use our minds, not just our behinds. We had to say, you know what? You know, my my mind. I, I need to work my mind. I need to get my mind in understanding some better business practices. I need I need to get my mind understand understanding the science of finances. I need to understand what do they know. Now I'm gonna say I'm gonna share something that's a bit controversial here. I don't. Uh, some things you teach, some things you keep. But I, I just gotta share this. They they tell they've always told us the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible does say that, and but do you know, a lot of crime and activity happen because the la- because of the lack of money, because of the lack thereof. So they a lot of times we've been forced into a place. Don't you love money? Don't love money? Don't love money? But you got to understand love and what love means. So. They're not saying they're not saying when they say the love of money, they're, they're talking about what I'm talking about that that ruthless kill everything in your past in order to get it type of love. We're not talking about that type that 
love infused by greed. Now, there is a love for money because if you disrespect the penny, the dollar will turn away from you. Why? Because the penny and the dollar are family. So if you disrespect the penny and you disrespect the nickel and the coins, then the, do- then the dollar going to feel that you don't want him either. So while the love of money is the root of all evil, there has to be a respect factor in order to cause it to, be, to gravitate to you, in order for it to be attracted to you. So there has to be some type of affinity there. Oh, no, no, I don't love money. I don't love money. Okay, brother, calm down. Calm down. Don't love it, but uh, love didn't pay your lights. I'm sorry, but um, you, you <laughs> that them clothes you got on, that came through uh, a system of exchange. So that's what we have to understand the mindset. Money is energy. I've heard people say it, and and I've watched when I go into a certain state, a certain level of exercising my energy, I watch finances come to me easily. When I release and give at a certain level, I watch finances come back to me. Why? The Bible said give, and it will be given unto you. Get to your bosom. What's the key? The key is to open your hand. If you close your hand, you can't release or receive. So you got to open up your hand. Why? So you can release and so you can receive. That's two R's right there. I release and I receive. I don't release in one hand and receive with the other. I release and receive with the same hand. So that's just understanding some things about wealth. Now, I'm not a financial expert. I'm out here hustling and getting it just like a lot of people. But there's an understanding. There's a spiritual understanding about wealth. There's a biblical understanding about wealth. The Bible said because God was with Joseph, he prospered. I said, wait a minute. You mean because God worked with him? That ain't what it said. It said because God was with him, he prospered. Now, this little boy was a slave because he had a dream. He had a dream, but you know what? He also had a drive. He had a dream, but he also had a drive because he was, I don't remember Joseph going to the Harvard, the the Hebrew Harvard or the Egyptian Harvard or the Egyptian school of management. This boy was managing and running things, and the Bible said God was with him. So what's the key? What's the nugget? What's the revelation in this? Find out in what area God is with you. Now, you know, I got some wise people like, like you know, one lady today. She, I said, how you doing today? You enjoying the summer? Oh, I enjoy every day with God. I said, okay. A minute ago, she was fussing about being at work. I said, okay, if you say so. We have to be real about some things and logical in a sense. So the Bible said because God was with Joseph, he prospered. Now, where is God with you at? And you, you, that's what you have to look at. Okay, where has God been? Where have I seen the fingerprints of God in my life? Now, I know he's blessing me all over the place and doing this and faith is without works and all, all that other good stuff. But you have to look at what area have I found the most success and I've seen God there to breathe his ruha breath, his creative power in my life at. There is the place where I can prosper. Why? Because I can put passion there. And also, I may even feel my heart in that arena. And uh, uh, my, my brother said it right. He said, when you do it for free, when you do it for free, I, I work with young people. And I remember, I hope, I hope, I hope my, uh, my school system ain't listening, but, you know, I said, uh, I'll work, I'll, I'll do this job for free. They wouldn't even have to pay me, you know. And, and so what, what was I saying? Was I saying that don't give me a paycheck? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I love this. This is my passion. So I already have the plan. So as I become more and more wealthy, what am I going to do? I'm going to go sub at the high school on some days, you know, just because that's what I love doing with young people. And just what is it that you love doing? What Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. And where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Hey, we're going to go to our final break. Thank you for being here. We're going to close this up. And when I come back in our last uh, segment of Men in Authority, Power Up Money and Sex. Be right back. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. 
At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. All right. Problem the lion among lions. Tune in to Strength from the Lions Den. We're talking about men in authority, power, money, and sex. We spent a, a, a bit of time talking about power. We talked about money. Now let's uh, jump into sex. But before I, I do, uh, one thing you we the power of the common man. The common man has power, if you can call any man common. But just for you know, for understanding sake, the, the masses, the uh, the ordinary man, you have power. No one wants to feel helpless or think that they're helpless or hopeless. You know, uh, there's a you got to bounce back. You got you can bounce back from any mistake. There are some mistakes that are hard. There are some things that are tragic. But I always remember something I was taught early. Minister, the man he had been through some things, and he said, "I'm coming out of this, and I'm looking good." That's what I always tell myself. When I'm going through some things, or no matter how bad it is, I may be crying. I mean, I'm coming out of this, and I'm looking. But I tell myself that. I, that's that's my mantra. Whatever I'm going through, I'm coming out of this, and I'm looking good. You have to tap into your personal power. Not when you're on top of the mountain, but when the mountain is on top of you. That's when you have to be strong. And one thing you have to do, state your clear, state your expectations clear. Say what you want. You gotta say it. You gotta say what you want. You can't even beat around the bush. If you want a if you want to drive a Maserati, say it. Hey, I want to drive me a Maserati. Okay, you gonna drive? You can go down and uh, test drive a Maserati. So was that it? God blessed you. God allowed you to drive a Maserati. No, God, I meant I want to own a Maserati. Oh, well then say it. Make your expectations clear. Say what you want, and you know, and you are gonna have what you say. If you don't doubt in your heart, okay? Now, we was talking about my power, money, and sex. What does sex play into it? Why? Because we have uh, opposites. We have males and we have females. I, sex plays a big role in that. You know what? Sometimes there's a, uh, it's, it's a game. You know what the man said? Women are from Venus. Well, men are from, Mar- men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? What he's saying is we're two, di- we're we're the same, but there are differences. We're wired differently. So when does you know? That's why in the in in the uh, in the workplace they'll say, well, no fraternization, no inner inner employment dating, no dating within the workplace. Do you know how much dating goes on in a workplace? Do you know how much? Uh, I hate to call it hanky panky, but how much hanky-panky goes on in the workplace? I got to – oh, man, I can't I can't say that on the air. But, well, yes, I can. I, I was it, – it was a lot of drama at one school that I worked at because of a lot of uh, uh, relationships that were going on. And it created such tension in the workplace. That's one thing you have to be careful of. You know, you got – you know, the t- when the tension come to the workplace – and folks ain't getting along, and you know there's a big scene, and it's it's lack of productivity because Amy mad with Harry because Harry was talking to Jill, and Amy thought Harry was buying her lunch, and he bought Jill lunch, and Jill gave some of the lunch to Sam, and anyway, you know, it, it just creates a, a big havoc when you have workplace 
romances like that, and they become drama field. Why? Because, but that's a part of who we are. We're social creatures. And then the, the men, we visual. Oh my God, we are visual. Man, they spend millions and billions of dollars on commercials and uh, uh, Sports Illustrated magazines and what commercials and uh, online sites. Why? Because men can look at something and get um, uh, heated, <laughs> turned aroused. Why? Because we're visual creatures. Women not so not not so much so. They they have the they they like it too. They're they're too. But not as much to the degree that men are, because you don't see women running to a all. You don't see uh, uh, most women going to all male reviews by themselves. A man, a man will go to a strip club by himself, and because he wants to see something. But women, they go in packs and herds and divorce parties and marriage parties and bridal showers. You know, that that's fun for them. That's their social being together. It's a difference. So when it comes to Power when it comes to money, sex is right up there with it. Why? Because those things go hand in hand. Those things come together as far uh, uh, as a part of our society and our socializing. As our society and our culture, men and women, the men thing, the woman thing, and it comes together, and so sex becomes paramount. Sometimes we don't want to talk about we don't want to talk about sex in church. We uh, act like it's uh, it's so taboo; it doesn't happen. But yeah, church people have sex; they do, and it's something they need to talk about because, and then we have to talk about it with our children to take away the ooh ah effect. When they hear about it outside of the home, when especially uh, some of our, our daughters, uh, I guess our sons too nowadays, because sometimes the, the children are teaching children. And but shoot, this in, in, this this information age, they got information coming in all over the place. And while we try to filter it, we're not we no longer can we just shelter and filter information. We have to guide the narrative. That's where our power come in now, not not changing the narrative, but controlling the narrative, guiding the narrative, because they're going to hear things and things are going to be discussed, but you have to guide it. You have to control it or manage it. Like I always tell people, some things you won't be able to control. So if you can't control it, what do you do? You manage it. And when you manage it, that still puts you in a place of power. That still puts you in a place where you're able to conduct yourself uh, legally, credibly, and reasonably. So we have to manage the narrative when it comes to sex and what we, how we want it to sound and what we want to define. Because people are defining and interpreting things based on their own assumptions and their own agendas and their own power plays. So you have to be a power broker and you, you have to be a power broker in your own right to dictate some narratives, to change some conversations, to uh, interject your own definitions. I, uh, my son, I call him Vatos. I named him Bogatha. I call him Bubba. I, I define, and by what I call him, he understands what I mean. Why? Because I'm dictating a narrative to him. I'm defining him. I'm telling him who he is so that the world won't tell him who he is. And we have to be like that with ourselves. We got to tell ourselves who we are based on and, and who who you are is based on who you believe, who says who you are. We as believers, we believe who God says we are. But our children believe who we say they are until they get to a certain age and other uh, other entities and sources step in, but nevertheless, our voice still plays in their head because it's been there, especially if it's been there from the beginning. All right. Listen, we're we're in the close. We're in the close. We're in the last phase of the show. I want to thank all my listeners for being here with me from Strength in the Lion's Den because I, I try to answer questions. You know, I try to answer. I'll questions. answer the question. Oh, okay, okay. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. That's it. We we people don't want to handle the truth nowadays. We but we want people. We so we have to sometimes people say I ain't gonna sugarcoat this and 
uh, you don't have to sugarcoat it, you know, but depending on your audience, you do have to, um, I ain't saying fluff, fluffy nothing, but depending on your audience, you have to break it down so they can understand it. You got to speak each other's language. You got to learn to speak the language of the person you're talking to or conversing with. Because if you ain't speaking my language, I'm not going to be able to communicate with you. Okay? So, as I close the show on my power, money, and sex, uh, be powerful. Be powerful because you are powerful and hold yourself accountable to fulfill your dreams. You know what? I don't like it when people come back and tell me what I said I said, but it keeps me accountable. You remember when you said this? Don't get mad when people remind you of what you said. It. You know you said it. It's best if you said it. If you do get a little frustrated. I know I said it. Okay. <laughs> but you hold yourself accountable to keep your word, not just to other people, but to yourself. You told you you was going to get you a steak this week. You know, if you're a meat eater, if you're a connoisseur of uh, fine meats, or you told yourself you're going to eat you a salad. You told yourself. Uh, hold yourself accountable to yourself. That That's important. That's very important nowadays. A lot, a lot of people look for uh, accountability in partnership. They look for accountability. This, this. But you gotta, you gotta hold yourself accountable and believe in your own dreams and believe in yourself and be true to you and be who you are because you're someone special. You don't need any more excuses. No, no more excuses for you not to be who you are. No more excuses for you not to go that extra mile for yourself. And now, when I say yourself, I'm not, I put the emphasis on you because we've neglected ourselves. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to give you a selfish gossip. No, I mean, not gospel. I'm not trying to give you a selfish gospel, but I'm trying to give you a self-perpetuating uh, thing where you look at yourself and to thyself be true. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. He said, I am. He said, I am the Son of God. He said, our Father, which art in heaven. So he he had a clear self-definition of who he was. And your self-portrait, if you can't see beyond, you will not see beyond your self-portrait. If you see the self-portrait of yourself, one of your eyes closed, your hair disarrayed, you know, your lips all crusty, uh, your nose is full of matter. You know, that's your self-portrait? Then guess what? You're not going to be able to get past that. But your see the self-portrait, your self-portrait, that image of how you see yourself is so important. And can I tell you, it's never too late. You know, some things are late in the, it's never too late. That means, now, if you 80 years old trying to be a football player, it's never too late. It's, it, it is unrealistic, <laughs> but it's never too late. So what am I saying? You still can go for things. It, 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 it may be unrealistic. It may be illogical, but it's never too late when you have time. It's never too late when it's not over for you. And can I tell you tonight, it's not over for you. We're talking about men in authority, but you have authority. You have power within yourself. And it, and it starts with you believing in that dream, believing that you can, believing that you can make it, believing that you can take it. Don't stop now because you made a mistake. Don't you stop now because you slipped and fell. Don't you stop now because others turned their back on you and others said this about you and that about you. I still believe in you. Because somewhere deep down inside, you still believe in you. There's a light on the inside of you, and that light has not gone out. And as long as that light is flickering, just like Huck Hogan, you throw that finger up and say, I'm coming back. I won't be stopped. I won't settle. You're somebody special. My friend, thank you for being here with me tonight inside the lion's den. I hope the lion's didn't bite you too much. Nevertheless, join me next week. I still have a panel of guests. Uh, I'm going to talk to a few people and see can we get some panel, uh, some guests back into the studio with me so that we can talk about knowing who you are. God bless you and you have a great night.